So we literally spend hours, days finding you the best lender, comparing, mm. no hit on your credit file. Mm. We go through this process of comparing more than 70 lenders to find the customer the best deal. Yeah. And ultimately, all of that work, we ask for nothing mm. unless we get you a great outcome. Yeah. If we get you a great outcome, and we want to be transparent about that. That's yeah. really important in our business model. We talk about it all over our website. Our brand specifically stands for bringing transparency to the industry. They say if you look around for something hard enough and you just might find it. And there's some around who want to keep you down, but shawty don't be blinded. Feeling trapped, thinking that you can't get out of this humdrum scene. Time to turn this thing upside down. Show these people what you really mean. Hi, I'm Jack O'Sullivan. Uh, I work for Plenty. Uh, we're a fintech consumer lender, uh, specialising in personal loans, car loans, renewable energy, and legal lending. I'm a BDM uh, and look after New South Wales and ACT brokers. Hi, I'm Julian. I'm the CEO and founder of LoanOptions.ai. So let's, and let's get into it. Let's get stuck in. So, Julian, well, how can somebody choose the best lender? Yeah, I think the first step that you really should do is is actually just figure out what's important to you. So what are your goals for the loan? Is it something that you're planning on paying off really quickly? Yep. Is it something that you need to get the lowest repayment? Once you map out exactly what your goals are for the loan, then it makes the next steps pretty easy. Of course, you want to try and find an offer that's competitive, that's got a low rate, but you really need to look at all of the factors. So yep. you can't just look at the rate because you might actually get stung with really high fees. You can't just look at the fees because then you, you might pay too much on the rate. Yeah. So it's really important to look at what are the upfront costs? What's the ongoing interest? Also, what are the costs if you need to make extra repayments? What sort of features and benefits is that lender going to give you? Are they going to give you an online portal? Are they going to give you the ability to make extra repayments? And can you terminate early without being penalized? And once you figure out what's important to you, it makes those steps in terms of prioritizing really easy to do. So obviously with Plenty, you guys, maybe you could talk a little bit about that. You have the ability to make extra payments. You've got the online portal. So yeah, there's a, there's a few cool features we have at Plenty. <clears throat> so you just mentioned there, no early termination fees for any of our loan products, um, a really flexible portal for, for customers to manage their loan, make additional payments, download statements, request top-ups, very flexible um, kind of platform for them just to make that that process beyond getting the loan in place that bit better so jack tell us what methods do you use i guess to to save money like what goals do you set how do you structure the money i know some people have a real problem uh, yep. with this in terms of discipline yeah and there's a few ideas that we've kind of seen work really well for people who kind of don't have that ability to be disciplined with their money yeah so i've i've kind of learned to to get more disciplined as I've gotten older. It's definitely not an easy thing to do to start with, especially when you start earning and, you, and you've got money that you can start putting towards future use. So a few things I do almost as a rite of passage when I get paid, I put some transfers into some very key accounts that are very separate to my day-to-day -day spending and other things that I need. If you've got a goal in mind, it's important to be realistic what you're saving for and, and don't try and kill yourself to put a lot of your money into something that's just going to be unachievable and, and probably get you down when it comes to, to trying to get to there in the first place. Yeah, I think that's what happens, right? Some people set a goal like, oh, I want to you know, travel, so I'm going to save X, Y, Z amount. Yeah. And then they try the first amount because it's like really, it's a big stretch goal yeah. and they miss it and then they just... It, yeah, fall it gets back their spirits it. down a bit. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you end up kind of, kind of resenting maybe why you're actually 
saving for in the first place, I think. So, yeah. So, you know, from, from my point of view, I think it's really important that people just have realistic goals. Yeah. Uh, I think that's definitely one, but, but also like uh, try and explore different ways to save. So some really interesting ways that people have told me that yeah. works for them, like a, one method's called dumb banking. Okay. Uh, and so, or caveman banking. Yeah. Um, and you know, essentially what it is, is transferring your money after you get paid a yeah. set amount, an agreed amount into a bank account that you have no online access okay, for. Yeah. Because there is an element of like, people like to do things that are convenient, online banking, digital payments, tap and pay, because it's so convenient, you can just spend really easily. Yeah. Um, and so if you don't have access to the money and yeah, in order physically to access- remove that access for, yeah. Yeah, then, then yeah. and then doing that means that you would physically need to go into the bank to access the money. <laughs> yeah. And that inconvenience yeah. is enough to- It's not worth the effort sometimes. Yeah, yeah. you can't impulse buy then. So yeah. especially the big stuff. Um, so that's one method. There's other methods that people use, uh, like taking out the money in cash and putting it into envelopes. And mm. for example, you have seven, you divide that amount you're allowed to spend yep. into seven envelopes and you go, okay, Monday to Friday, I'm allowed to spend $50 a day, whatever the number is. Yeah. And then what happens is uh, Saturday and Sunday, you might say, I'm going to spend a little bit more because I'm going to go out with friends or, yeah. um, and ultimately uh, if you don't spend Monday's money, you can move it into yeah. Tuesday's envelope. Tuesday becomes a big, uh, a big spending day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's different ways, but I think it's important to try different things. As many money management apps you can download. Mm. Uh, you know, in fact, I think it, it's really smart to do that. Even some banks have started giving you yep. little insights. Um, it's important to understand what you're spending money on because sometimes people freak out when they finally understand yeah. how much they're spending on Uber Eats yeah. and things Been like there. that. Yeah. So loanoptions.ai, tell us what does the AI bit really mean and actually how can that benefit and save customers money? Yeah, uh, there's a couple of layers, I guess, to discuss, but really what it's about is help finding the customer the right match yep. and the likelihood of approval and then predictively understanding which lender is going to be the best fit for them based mm. on the information they've provided. So. Uh, AI is a very broad category. Inside AI, uh, there's subsets like there's you know machine learning, then there's deep learning, neural nets. There's a whole bunch of things yep. um, inside AI, and I see it as uh, a technology that's able to, I guess, help many industries, not just finance. Yeah. But specifically, our use case is we have a matching tool that helps pair the client with the right lender using okay. the lender's credit policy. So if for example, plenty have a minimum credit score, then as long as the client meets that credit score, then it will surface plenty. Yep. And it's more advanced than that. There's about 40 or 50 data points that it actually looks at, including yep. employment history, time in address, property ownership, all those types of things. But after it's surfaced those suitable lenders, mm -hmm. the AI looks at the client and says, okay, based on historical data, yep. we know that plenty is a 96% okay. match or a 76% match. And so that helps when you've got two or three lenders that are showing and you've got one that's yeah. like a really high percentage match and one that's a really low percentage match. It essentially tells us which one yeah. is more likely to say yes. The based confidence on there is in, in what you should do next is almost done for you. Like it's, yeah. yeah. And, and obviously it helps improve the efficiency of our team. Yeah. And when we can improve the efficiency of our team, it means we have a lower cost to serve the customers so we can afford to serve them at a lower price point. Yep. And of course, you know, actually just going through that process of matching them with the right lender yep. saves them thousands of dollars compared with their bank or other financial institutions yeah. where you're not doing that same level of comparison. Okay. 
So Jack, tell us your yep. first car story. Tell us about the experience. What did you go through? How did it work? Yeah. So my first car purchase was, it was actually a good experience, which I think is unusual out there. I had the help of my parents, um, you know, making sure I didn't do anything too rogue or too flamboyant for the 18 year old self that I was. Um, used uh, an online online engine to find a car and, you know, saw a car that was local, went down to meet the private sellers, did a bit of negotiating for my first ever purchase. It was an old uh, black BMW, perfect for what I needed, but uh, well, not necessarily perfect for what I needed like a year or two down the line. Yeah, so yeah. Um, my first tip is to do research, um, uh, really research what you're going to get from a car because it was too expensive for me to run at the time. Um, and I, I was doing quite a lot of driving for my job then as well. So um, I, you know, looking back, I should have researched. Yeah, I think on, it's like, it's well. so important to buy the car that suits your future you yeah. right it's not like you can't just buy what's suitable right now like if you have a, you know a partner or you have pr- prospects of getting married yeah. and having children and all those sorts of things a two-door that coupe two-seater convertible pro- <laughs> is just not gonna fly. probably yeah. not gonna fly <laughs> but but i definitely agree you know like you, you do have to look at all costs like when you're buying a car i think it's important like you've got to understand that there are more than just the actual purchase price yeah in terms of things to consider yeah so purchase price is one but so too are so many other things like what is it going to mean if you're financing a used car might be more expensive in terms of pricing yep. and interest rates. Yeah. Um, warranty, you know, does it come with warranty? You yeah, know? absolutely. And, and things like warranty and, and making sure you're not gonna, you're not going to struggle with something like that or, or a future car breakdown in the future is so important. It takes peace of mind, takes peace out of your mind for that and yeah. can really avoid expensive bills down the line. Yeah, my advice is to everybody that asks, I just straight up say, you know, you don't need the the headache, trust me. Yeah. Uh, buy a car with warranty yeah. if you can. Just do it, yeah. Um, and, you know, that that's kind of the first step. And, you know, look at, calculate cost of tires, cost of um, servicing, maintenance, uh, you know, is, it, is the brand when you're doing your research yeah. known for it or that particular model known for its re- reliability yeah. or did you buy the version like version one of that car yeah. that's got a bit of hiccups and and maybe a little bit of a lemon yeah. so you know uh definitely it's good to speak to people test drive many different yeah. makes I, I certainly wouldn't buy a car without driving it um, yes. yeah. so make sure you test drive it if you if you're not sure there are many experts that you can pay or if you don't i was lucky because my my brother was a mechanic so yeah. he was oh, my nice. mechanical inspection <laughs> yeah that was um but uh you know if you don't have someone like that that's okay you can actually uh we can help you yeah. find a, an inspection or we can send a specialist out um, that's a paid professional to to uh, get a mechanical inspection or even just look, give it a once over for you. Yeah. My first car buying experience was, um, you know, just a small Toyota Corolla hatch, yeah. and uh, uh, saved up some money and 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 bought it. And yeah. you know, to me, it was like the best thing yeah, ever. For sure. You know, right. it was, that it was definitely yeah everything. It was was uh, you know pretty fully sick if <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean. It was a Corolla. Uh, um, a92 the sx yeah. corolla i think everybody had them yeah. back then <laughs> and uh so but it, it was it was definitely uh an eye-opener when you start having to you know pay for things like yeah. fuel tires registration uh car insurance yes insurance, all of it yeah, yeah. you know if you're buying a performance car and you've made a decision and you've purchased it and you haven't got a quote on yeah. insurance <laughs> uh goodness me you need to start with all of those things basically yeah. what i would recommend you do is Put a spreadsheet, yeah. pick your top three models. Okay. Put a spreadsheet, list out, you know, estimated cost for tires, servicing. Is it six monthly, the intervals? Yeah. Um, six monthly, 12 monthly. How much does the average service cost? Um, how much warranty is remaining? And then just do a pros and cons analysis of, of those types of things. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, nice. So Jack, uh, in terms of helping somebody find the best loan when it's their first attempt at applying for a loan, yeah. what are your thoughts around that? The very obvious and, and kind of important thing to note here is that interest rates are going to be the most important thing that a first-time borrower will be looking at. Certainly when I first took a loan out, all I was worried about was what the cost would be to me at that time. Yeah, you can see why that can be problematic, right? Definitely. Um, you know, firstly, headline rates are a thing. Um, just because a rate says it's going to be X percent doesn't mean it will be upon, sub, you know, full assessment subject to your own application. Um, there are lenders and, and there are rates out there which will convince a customer otherwise that that's the rate they're going to get. And there is far more to it. Um, it it's important that uh, alongside the rate that the fees applicable to loans are considered as well. Those can often be um, hidden. They can't, they, they might not be the most transparent um, item that you're looking at as well. So essentially um, look at more than the rate, look at what offering that particular lender or institution can give you in terms of flexibility when you have the loan, whether you can pay it off early, whether you can reamortize uh, what's left owing on the loan, whether you can download statements easily, yeah. whether they have an app, you know, little things like that make a difference to when you have the loan itself. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah. you know, in a lot of areas of, of what we do in a day-to-day -day basis, we, we go to a doctor when we're sick, we yeah. seek a plumber yeah. when we have a, a tap leak or we you need some work on, on piping, yeah. um, you know, electrician, all that type of stuff, you know, and I think some people try and attempt to do this themselves and you totally can definitely agree. navigate it, but yeah. I mean, uh, it's very hard, you know, and if this is not your area of expertise and you yeah. don't know exactly what you're looking for, it's hard to know where to start. Yeah. And so, you know, of course, me being biased, I love what we do. I yeah. love how I've seen firsthand how much money we save customers when they come to us. Yeah. So, of course, my suggestion would be pick up the phone, either talk to a human, talk to one of us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we've got some really great people. But but if if you want to speak to another expert, and I think they're going to, as you build a relationship with a broker, yeah. uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of value that you can get out of that, not just for this one loan, but moving forward, you know, if you, as your life actually um, develops and you, you know, maybe you want to start your own business, having that relationship with a broker that can get you access to the funding that you need or get you the, the loan for that yeah. property, you know, get, get Take you that an business awful loan. Lot of stress out of what is often stressful times in your life. You know, yeah, um, no, often think, see yeah. things differently, right? You know, sometimes customers come to us and they want to get a car loan and you, they have three or four credit cards and you're like, well, I can actually consolidate those for you. So it's one payment yeah. and the amount of money I'll save you will take care of your car payment. Yeah. And, and you may not see that if that's not something that you're a specialist in. Yeah. And so it's oftentimes um, customers come to us with these kind of problems that um, they want to fi finance a car. Like, can you help me solve this problem? Of course we can do that. And then yeah. we'll look at the rest of your profile and see exactly where else we think we can save you money. So there's a lot more value than just Amazing, we can yeah. save you money on, on this one loan that you're looking for. Yeah. So we'll look at things holistically. Yeah. So mate, tell us why AI? Yeah, well, there's a lot of benefits. Um, you know, I think it, I essentially look at it as like a superhuman capability yeah. because essentially you've got all these great, really smart people that help build and train these models and it's feeding historical data yeah. based on real customers' information, real customers' situations and it's feeding and training and continuously learning. And what you have to remember is like a broker might get exposed to you know, a, a bunch of scenarios a day that they're trying to solve for a customer. And all of those scenarios are trapped inside their head. Yeah. Um, what AI does is essentially take all of that knowledge from every interaction we've had uh, with the customer and put it in our system. And obviously it, it de-identifies the data yeah. um, so that we're not, you know, uh, breaching their privacy. But what it actually does is it 
continuously learns. So it's looking at every scenario across every broker, across all of our team. Yeah. And what it's doing is training itself. So it's looking at a client that's a property owner with a credit score above XYZ. It's looking at all of those intricate details like their debt to service ratio, yeah. you know, all of those details. And it's making uh, its own guess or assumption. Yeah. And eventually over time when it's proven wrong or proven right, it's what you call reinforcement learning. So it reinforces the fact that, hey, that was a good outcome. You chose the right lender. So it gets smarter and smarter over time. Yeah. The other benefit I see is that it can operate and teach itself 24 hours a day. It doesn't need a holiday. <laughs> so it's not going to have a it sick day. It doesn't need to go to bed. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. need to go and get a coffee. Yeah. yeah. So I see it as a superpower. Yeah. I think, you know, you, you've got really smart people uh, and our team are incredible. You do need that aspect. Yeah. You need the human touch. Um, we're certainly not thinking that um, it's instead of. I think people still crave, especially for such a big financial decision like buying a car or new equipment or, yeah. or a business loan. Uh, I think it's so important to still have that ability there. Yeah. And so, you know, we've made a big point of all over our website and our branding, talk to a human. If that's what you want to do, yeah. you can get halfway through the process and just pick up the phone. Yeah, amazing. But, but AI is really the superpower that we actually see uh, the future in terms of actually giving customers lightning fast decisions yeah. and, you know, more and more accurate, you know, without uh, with a level of consistency yeah. uh, that can't be replicated in, in people. So. Yeah. So we've obviously seen uh, with the current market how in overinflated the used cars can be. Yeah. It seems to be coming down a little bit now as this new car supply actually eases up and we start getting some more stock in. Yeah. But I guess a lot of people ask like, should I buy new and just wait mm. or should I buy a used car? And there's really no right or wrong answer. It depends what your tolerance for a number of things are uh, in terms of how long you're willing to wait and yeah. how urgent the purchase needs. Yeah. Of course, that's a no-brainer. If, if the car's six months away to buy a new one yeah. or a, a, a car that's like near new, mm. 3,000 kilometers, 5,000 kilometers, whatever it might be, yeah. then of course it makes sense because there's an, a, an element of urgency. If there's no urgency, then you have to weigh up all of the pros and cons. Mm. And I guess looking at the differences in costs, like of course, one thing that's worth noting is a new car generally, not always, but mm. uh, it depends what year model, can attract a more competitive rate with some lenders. Yeah. Some lenders just basically say anything less than one or two years old, whether mm -hmm. it's new or used, doesn't make a difference. Yeah. Some are three, uh, but I think it's important to look at that and, and work out whether that's if the purchase price premium that you're paying for getting it right here, right now mm -hmm. is, is worth it when you also have to consider that you might be paying a premium on the finance if you decide to do that. Yeah. And then, of course, you've got the shortened warranty period. Mm. Uh, you've got the shortened rego and insurance period. Yeah. Of course, if you buy a brand new car, it's going to come with 12 months. Yeah. Um, rego and, um, and, and a green slip and things like that. Yeah. And, of course, insurance, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but most insurers actually, uh, the first year of insurance is cheaper than the second and the third year oh, in okay. terms of new versus used cars. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think just to add to that, the, the secondhand car market, especially at the moment, is... Um, it's it's under strain because of the shortage of vehicles that have been coming into into the country and, and the manufacturing supplies and challenges that the world has seen. Um, the value that individuals are getting from used cars at the moment might not actually be as as good value as it was a year or two ago. Do, um, do you think that might be a risk then if someone buys a, a used car now at an inflated price, is there a potential for... I guess there should sure. be a little bit of a shortfall or a drop in, you know, much like buying a property yeah. at an inflated price and then the market tanks, 
you know, when you go to resell it, you could be in trouble. Yeah, I do. And, and lenders do look at valuations of cars and, you know, the loan to value ratio when they decision customers and what that amount is. High loan to value ratios are a risk, especially if the market does correct itself and, yeah. and the values of these cars comes back down. Uh, we know that a lot of lenders, Jack, like they actually penalize based on LVR. Like yeah. we know with the used car market being so inflated at the moment, yeah. we're seeing a lot of customers with really high LVRs come through. Yeah. And, and what that means is they're actually getting penalized twice, one versus a new car. One, the first one is, are they getting penalized because they're buying a, a used car versus a new one? Yeah. And so there's like a, a rate loading usually. Yeah. And then the second thing is because the LVR is higher, because mm. the valuations are lower, obviously, the way that the lenders see it on used cars, yep. uh, they're being penalized on the LVR. Mm. But I know some lenders don't actually penalize on LVR. So um, what's Plenty's yeah, stance on that? That's right. Well, good, good stance from Plenty is we don't penalize um, customers for higher LVRs than, than others that don't have low LVRs. Um, so it's nice and clean. Um, there are other factors which influence pricing for us, of course, but LVR uh, is not one of them. That's awesome, man. When, when you're comparing loans and banks and lenders and things like that, yeah. you, know, you really need to make sure that you're reading the fine print because there are so many different types of fees. Like probably you can rattle off a few examples. Yeah, uh, no, for sure. So look, fees are a part of a loan um, application journey for customers. You have the interest rate, of course, but fees are an important part of, of a loan product for lenders. Some of the fees to be aware of are establishment fees that a lender will have. This is typically a one-off fee um, that is depending on the loan term, the loan amount, um, maybe the risk profile of the customer, depending on which lender you are, but usually a one-off fee that is nearly always capitalized, added to the loan amount and paid over the course of the loan term. Those fees are pretty in most cases, quite transparent um, and often form part of the quote that customers may get. Uh, there are other fees, though, to be aware of. Um, yeah, so like, you know, yeah. for example, lenders might have a monthly fee, yeah. an annual fee, a direct debit fee, an early termination exactly fee, right. yeah. dishonor fees, like a whole range of fees. And and, and that sometimes lenders offer really low rates. Yeah. This is why we say you need to look at all the possible factors with a loan, not just one. Yeah. Because some we know some lenders have a specific business model to target that type of client that yeah. is rate hunting. And so they're going with a really competitive, hyper-competitive rate yeah. that attracts a lot of people and then- Stung they with found the out of it. Yeah, they get stung with fees, like you said. Yeah. So, so I think you know the real contentious one for me, and and I'd love to talk a little bit about our stance on this. Yeah. Is the origination fee, mm -hmm. and there are a few people that try and hide this. You know, as a broker. Yeah. How we get paid is a fee for service model okay, or a yeah. success fee, basically, uh, to kind of explain what it is. And to me, it's like some people hide from this and they try not to tell their customers about it and they kind of try and put it in the fine print. Yeah. But we openly tell people like we're that confident in our service mm. and we're that confident we can save them thousands of dollars on comparing the right loan for them. Yeah. We're happy to say if we get you a great outcome, then yeah. here's how much we expect to be paid. Mm -hmm. And it's typically a very small percentage of the borrow amount and it's, you know, it's capitalized into the loan. But I think more important than that is like, if we don't get you a great outcome, it costs you nothing. Yeah. So we literally spend hours, days finding you the best lender, comparing, mm. no hit on your credit file. Mm. We go through this process of comparing more than 70 lenders to find the customer the best deal. Yeah. And ultimately, all of that work, we ask for nothing mm. unless we get you a great outcome. If yeah. we get you a great outcome, and we want to be transparent about that. That's yeah. really important in our business model. We talk about it all over our website. Our mm. brand specifically stands for bringing transparency to the industry. Yeah. 
the whole reason why we built that comparison tool yeah. on our website. So you can specifically see the associated costs, the comparison rate, the monthly repayment, including all of the fees. Yeah. You can download our credit quote, which tells you how much it costs. And, um, and of course, you know, if, if for whatever reason, the customer says, hey, I don't think you brought that much amount of value, we're happy to negotiate on that. If they say, you, I, was, I was happy with your service. Yeah. You know, you know, it's like anything, if we feel that we didn't bring them enough value or we didn't save them enough money, well, then we can lower that, that cost. There, yeah, yeah, it's there. Yeah, so, great. So, Jack, credit score. Yeah. A lot of people have heard that word, but yeah. really a lot of people don't know what it actually is. It's not something that you get taught in school or, or anything like that. And it's really you find out once you enter the real yeah. world. Yeah. So, what are some ways that customers can actually improve their credit score? You know, credit. you're right. Everybody's heard of a credit score but might not know to actually – how to improve one or keep it at a good score. Um, credit scores like stability. So yeah. if if somebody is um, instable insofar as changing jobs a lot or moving around a lot, um, that can impact someone's credit score, believe it or not. And, and so every time someone applies for a loan, yeah. basically their employment history, their address history is getting is date and time stamped. Time. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's recorded. Yeah. And it's getting date and time stamped on their credit file. Mm -hmm. And so when there's you know five addresses in the last three years, versus someone who's only had one address for the last five years, that obviously is going to yeah. have a discrepancy in terms of whose score is better. That's right. And there's many other things that go into that, including the the uh, type of inquiries that they make, yeah. the frequency that they're making credit inquiries. Yeah. And that's really important. I think stability is probably one of the most underrated things that you can do to improve your it's credit score. A, it's something that is is quite within your control, I suppose, to to make sure that that stays strong. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the second one, the no-brainer Second one. most obvious one is make your payments on time. On time, yeah. Um, <laughs> set up direct debits for any loans that you have, credit cards. Um, it's so important. Uh, one missed payment, um, a credit score can recover from a couple on the bounce and, and you're starting to get into into some into some you know issues with this and I, I think like a lot of people really struggle with that part because it's like oh but you know my pay didn't go through on time and things like that yeah it's so important to leave a buffer in your bank account to yeah. cover your biggest direct debit like whatever your biggest direct debit is your bank balance should never ever be below that yeah let's say that number is a thousand dollars okay your bank balance should never go below a thousand dollars so the thousand dollars should essentially become your zero yes and, yeah. and that's how you make sure that none of your payments bounce I also encourage people to set up recurring reminders in their calendar yeah. the day before nice. a payment's due. Yeah. That way, if you've got multiple accounts, you know it can get confusing. Just make sure that you've got the money transferred, yeah. you know, the, the insurance payment or the car payments coming out the yeah. next day. And I think the other one with regard to credit score, you know, obviously pay your bills on time, but also inquiries. Mm. You know, a lot of people this don't understand one, yeah. that, um, you know, particularly with unsecured debt, um, every different type of inquiry is... Um, affecting your credit score in a different way. Yeah. So, of course, a home loan is not going to drop your score as much as, say, a payday loan. Yeah. And you need to be really careful of those types of predatory loans. And we, we've kind of built a whole villain uh, on yeah. our website yeah. to yeah. talk about that because a lot of people don't know yeah. how bad that can be for your credit score. And what's worse is sometimes they apply two, three, four back-to-back. -back. Yeah. And so the, the credit bureaus are actually looking at the frequency in which your and the recency yeah so there's recency if you've got a lot of credit inquiries very recently that's yeah. going to lower your score quite substantially yeah and if those uh, are also on that type of payday loan um 
facilities, yeah. I guess you're you're actually going to drastically lower your score. You could lose a couple of hundred points from Easily. three credit inquiries yeah. back to back in a short space of say a week. Yeah. Um, and you know, ultimately, we know that some lenders have credit score cutoffs, and and some people have less than perfect credit. You yeah, know, we've seen time and time again, customers have they're really good people. Yeah, they need a second chance mm. uh, because they had a, a a pretty significant life circumstance that meant that they couldn't pay their bills on time. Maybe they lost their job or yeah. gone through a complicated. Uh, and messy divorce and you know we are really in terms of our company values we're really big on that compassion and giving people a second chance yeah and so some people are going to come to us and they've got you know a default or two defaults or you know some mispayments uh, and dishonors and yeah yeah whatever yeah. it might be and you know i think that's one of the, our great value propositions is that because we have more than 70 lenders yeah and we've integrated their credit policies in our system yeah we can actually detect which lenders are likely to say yes or, or no yeah uh, to that specific customer yeah and ultimately that means they don't have to hunt around to mm. going one by one to these 70 lenders potentially tarnishing their credit score yeah for a really long time they can come to us uh, our application process doesn't put an inquiry on the credit file. We just yep. do what's called a soft check. Yep. And I guess that process then becomes seamless for them. They fill out one application form yep. and our team will search the market to find a lender that will say yes and give them that second chance they, they need. I want to talk about this story because uh, I think it's really it speaks to, you know, the sp like our, our alignment on how important yeah. speed is to get the client the, the right option. Yeah. So, you know, in terms of how long it should take you to actually apply, if, if the application form you're filling out can't be done in seven minutes or less, you're on the you're wrong website. Our, our website, we had an, a specific example, client completed it in well under seven minutes, end to end, you know, uploaded their supporting documents and plenty in that specific scenario was a match. Yeah. And we then submitted to you guys through the API, the connection that we, we've built Amazing. from our system yep. to, to yours. Yeah. And uh, subsequently, you guys funded that deal in less than an hour, money yeah. in their account. So from end to end, yeah. you know, Friday, like 3.50 p.m., we get an inquiry before five o'clock. Before the weekend, there's, yeah, there's the money's there. in their account. So, yeah. you know, I want to talk about that because obviously that's clearly a big priority for you guys. Yeah. And, um, yeah. It is. Yeah. Look, we, um, Plenty is a fintech um, company. We are on a mission to be uh, Australia's best consumer lender and, one of the main ways that we're going to get there is by having a process and a and a journey for customers and brokers that is incredibly quick and easy. Um, that's that's really what one of our main focuses. It's where uh, all of our tech um, focus is. Um, we use API integration, as you've mentioned, which is uh, links between our software to to our introducers to allow for really quick transfer of data, um, integrated bank statement um, collection and assessment and um, sophisticated decision-making in our own credit engine allows for uh, these really quick and consistent decisions. And yeah, it's it's so great to hear and see that these, you know, that this capability that we have actually works in real life and you see customers that that benefit enormously from them, yeah. So obviously you've, by now you've bought a lot of cars, you've probably been through the process a few times. Yeah. Um, you know, you've probably come across a couple oh, of yeah. what we call slick Joes. Um, and, you know, I want to emphasize here, like not all dealers are bad. We actually work with some really great ones and, and we partner with them and, and, yeah. and offer them great financial services. But there are some that are still stuck in that kind of 
caveman d- mm. dinosaur mentality where they just care about you know like really it's a sport for them and, and they want to just sell you whatever they can sell you whatever's in their best interest yeah so they get the maximum commission they have targets they want to hit and that's they'll do anything they can yeah to get, and ultimately yeah. they don't need or feel like they want to see you again they just want to have that one opportunity yeah maximize it and then you know and move on to the next move one. on to the next one yeah so you know i guess there's some ways that you can avoid that like we obviously like i said have a bunch of great dealer partners we can help you source the car yeah and and that i guess takes that part because that's really the ugliest part of buying a car right i think so it's that it's, hesitation of um going in and, and the anticipation you know, and know that you're probably going to be sold to or like you know have to justify maybe why you don't want to purchase this car that is there in front of you and it can use, be quite stressful i use yeah. the analogy of seagulls on a hot chip you know when a customer <laughs> walks in we've seen it you've probably felt it before if you go into a dealership all of a yeah. sudden 10 people jump off yeah, their chair and, straight and in. <laughs> so so there are ways you can avoid that we certainly can help you source a car we can point yeah. you in the right direction uh so you can deal directly uh with some really um, good dealerships that, yeah. that actually have very similar values to us and they can help you find the right car and you know i think it's important to to seek out and do your research and, and make sure that you don't get stuck uh you know in, in one or two chip. being offered one or two products <laughs> yeah. and, and being told that that's the best they're ever going to get you know it's really important yeah. to do your research prior to walking in yeah my suggestion is jump on our website compare loans so you know you're armed with that true information of what's actually available in the market yeah and ultimately you can make your decision so payday lenders um they uh they exist unfortunately they are um very prevalent in the market today um just tell us a bit about what payday lenders are um and really yeah. how customers can avoid them but people have to be careful because you know the way i see it is they they can be a trap you know they, yeah. they certainly are quite popular especially recently because of their, their ability to offer small amounts at such very speed. quickly yeah and they have different regulations uh and things like that but i think it's important to know that you know customers need this type of speed um they need this type of uh, short bursts of cash so we need to understand and, and adjust and give them more options in that space yeah uh, just as a market as an industry mm. so so yeah i think it's really important that we don't alienate those customers because they clearly have a need for that money and it's not like they want to pay high interest yeah it's not like they want to pay high fees it's not like they want to be stuck in that cycle yeah we just need to adapt as a as an industry as a as a market and and i guess look properly at what it what needs those products are filling for the customer yeah just try and do it in a more ethical way yeah in, in my opinion yeah and uh, i think you know they the reason they can be a trap is because once you're on that the terms are quite short therefore the repayments are quite high yeah so you constantly find that customers are needing to access those products again and again and again and because Mm. they can get the money really fast yeah the second the third the fourth time Mm. it's just easier than uh what the bank would put them through yeah the bank's going to sit there and criticize them are your banking conducts this your income you know all of that stuff so i guess one of the other reasons uh that people need to try and avoid them is because they are like significantly impacting your credit score in a, in a negative way yeah and a lot of banks and other financial institutions lenders fintech um, products they actually look at those and potentially it could rule them out so it actually becomes a a really bad cycle because mm. if you start using those products then you're alienating the the lenders that can offer yeah. cheaper rates cheaper loan products longer terms yeah um and as soon as you do that then what happens is you find that those lenders 
like basically essentially blacklist you yeah uh, at least for a period yeah uh, they're not an option so then the only options you have available are more of the same yeah and um you know it does really it's quite a hard spiral it's not a spiral yet but you can see how it does get down get get into that kind of um feeling for a customer yeah absolutely and and i think now a lot of customers might not know that they can access funds really fast you know you can spend five to ten minutes at the absolute maximum on our website you can compare all the different personal loan products yeah and what will happen is we'll actually end up with a, a result that ends um ends up being far more competitive mm. and we, we we also have lending options that are a little more flexible if your credit history is not perfect yeah so you do have other options it's important to know that yeah let's yes. talk about fintechs yeah and some people know them as just the t-shirt wearing, table tennis playing. Beer drinking, <laughs> early finish vibes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, I guess, you know, when we're talking to customers and they're like, you know, I bank with XYZ and, yeah. you know, um, sometimes they just think it's the best option to go straight back to the bank. And it's very similar in insurance yeah. as well. You see them, oh, no, I've been with XYZ insurer for 20 years. I'm not going to change now. Yeah. But, you know, there is a loyalty tax, one, mm-hmm. uh, two, you need to look at other options in the market. And I guess with the rise of fintechs, you know, you, what we're seeing now is that they can be as competitive or more competitive yeah. on, on things that matter to customers like pricing. Yeah. But what they can also do is build a, a far more innovative solution in terms of uh, the online banking experience, requesting payouts, making extra payments. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I guess what's your perspective? You, you're inside, you're working yeah, at fintech. this is what we live and breathe, right? So, um you know, we we exist in the market today and we're growing so well because of our ability to take share from the big banks. Um, you know, customers um, are becoming more educated, more aware, and there are better options available for them. And by utilizing clever software um, and giving customers an experience that is um, so much less clunky and so much more enjoyable than just a big old fashioned institution that only really has one in- interest at heart and kind of any any secondary products that we can support are just that secondary products for them it means the customers can get a much better experience enjoy the process but actually get better a better outcome in terms of price because of the clever technology efficiency that we apply yeah. i want to actually tell a story i was at a uh, i was at an event the other day yeah and um someone who was in charge of a bank's uh, finance division yeah uh, got up on stage and was talking about some innovative technology that they've got coming next year yeah and um, I thought it was going to be great. I was looking forward to hearing what it was. And then he said it was digital signatures. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, my God. was exactly my thing. I, I nearly started banging my head on the table. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, and that's just it. The, the banks have this, you know, big hierarchy. They're really slow to move and adopt new technologies. It's yeah. certainly not at the cutting edge of uh, of tech yeah. you know, in, in terms of uh, f- the way it yeah. integrates with finance. Yeah. Um, and But, I mean, that's something, you know, uh, that lenders like yeah. yourselves have been uh, using for a really long time. I mean, right? I've been since at, the beginning. Been at Plenty for nearly four years now, and I haven't. I don't think I've wet signed a document for the company or in a work capacity once. Yeah, honestly speaking. Um, so, you know, that's the kind of stuff. You're right. It's quite encouraging. It's very encouraging. It's still funny for us to hear that. Um, yeah, we feel like we're we're way ahead of that. That's old news <laughs> yeah, for us. Digital signatures. Yeah, right. yeah. It was, it's yeah. it's very insulting uh, to someone like myself who's like. <laughs> really yeah. researching technologies that aren't even available yet. And you're like, oh my. <laughs> and then you have, you have someone who's like, you know, got way more resources than us. Yeah. Uh, and this is their big unveil, digital side. Yeah. 
Jack, you know, obviously we, we do a fair bit of business with you guys. Yep. Um, I want you in 60 seconds or less to okay. give me the pitch and yep. to anyone who's listening. Ready? I think so. Set. Yeah. <laughs> Go. <laughs> Easily got this under 60 seconds. I'll keep it nice and nice and quick. So Plenty, we're, we are Australia's leading fintech lender. We specialize in consumer finance with four key products to market, which are personal loans, car loans, renewable energy, and legal lending products. We have our own software and proprietary technology, which allows us to, live, to deliver really fair, fast, and effective finance to customers uh, across these products and give a really enjoyable experience to brokers and referral partners that give us those customers. Easy. Easy. Um, hey, I could add a bit that? more, but I wanted to keep it in 60 hey, seconds. You did you that in 30 know. seconds. <laughs> I, I think it's very clear that you know what Plenty actually does and yeah. and how it can help customers. Certainly, you know, we, we've got 70 plus lenders. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just by sheer nature of the product that you guys offer our customers, it always seems to be that they're picking uh, you guys uh, amongst some of our other yeah, uh, great. lenders that we work with really closely with yeah ultimately what we want to do is find the right lender for that customer yeah it's the whole thing about matching them yeah and uh, i think that's important but yeah it's thanks for doing that no worries so um yeah uh, jack you know really appreciate your time today mate it's great to sit down always a pleasure catching up with you yeah and, thanks so uh, much for having me yeah, yeah it's been yeah. really fun yeah awesome they say if you look around for something hard enough and you just might find it and there's some around who want to keep you down but shawty don't be blinded